Let's rock. Good old Elvis. It's Godfather. It is. It is time for some fodder around a man who may or may not have left the building. Right? <laughs> right, I guess. Uh, he's left it, for me. Yeah, yeah. I he don't left, know if anyone's he, out there listening. He, he left the building before I arrived on the scene. Yes. Um, before but, he even uh, came to the building. Yeah. But Elvis fodder. Uh, let's let's get to it. Yeah. Uh, we're, what a what a fascinating uh, performer and person, as I have learned, uh, and very recently, apparently, yeah. <laughs> through this through this uh, podcast. Um, and I mean, I've always thought he was fascinating, uh, but uh, yeah, he was before my time, so it was you know, most of the fascinating stuff was is he dead or not, right? You know. No, this is this is going to get you to a whole other level. Yeah. You, you don't have to be an Elvis fan. No. Uh, Fodderheads, that's that's not necessarily going to make or break this episode. Uh, in fact, he's he's our example, but right. it's it's way more than Yeah, this will be a good uh, this will be a good episode to wow people at uh, at the bar and at um, at parties and stuff. I think able so. to say, "Well, did you know uh, did you know about this?" Yeah. So, well, Speaking of which, did you know about this? <laughs> let, let's do a little hot seat, a little okay. warm up here right, on right. knowing uh, some information about the king of rock and roll. Uh, what color, Mr. Long, was Elvis's hair? Do you, do you know the color of his actual hair? I'm pretty sure it was black. His famous black hair was dyed. His natural color was brown. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It probably. I mean, it almost, because it's so greased. Yeah. Right? Again, yeah. Again, a little young, or he was a little old, or whatever, that it looked uh, almost fake. Because right. Because he was so slicked back. And, and I mean, you know, I only, I mean, I know there was some color uh, television years, but I, most of the most of the stuff I've seen him in is black and white. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. So yes, it's that's hard very true. to, hard to know the, the hair color, but. So, uh, at a mere 11 years of age, uh, did he want a guitar or a gun? Ooh. I'm going to have to say a guitar. He wanted a rifle. Ah! (laughs) He purchased his first guitar, however, uh, after that, because his mom convinced him that that would be the the better option for him. Probably yeah. worked out for him in the yeah. end. <laughs> Probably, although he served in the military too. Yes, so he actually did. He did get to use both. He <laughs> That's true too. Uh, how much do you think uh, Elvis, at age eighteen, paid uh, to make his first record—a gift for his mother? Would you think about two bucks, four bucks, five bucks, or eight bucks? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go top. I'm gonna go eight bucks. So only four, huh? Yeah, again, that that probably and you need four some, bucks some, some to make a record. On. Yeah, he paid Elvis paid four dollars to make his first record. Wow, interesting. Long ago, I don't have the what year was that? I, I don't. He was eighteen, so I'd have to do some math to be able okay. to figure that That's out. That's crazy. Unwilling four to do. bucks, it, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what do you do? You know his his nickname? Uh, his nickname for his manhood was reportedly <laughs> any idea. <laughs> Nickname for his manhood. Yep. Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, well, it's not the king. Nope. Um, I have I have no guesses. It was Little Elvis. Little Elvis. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. How about his first breakthrough hit released in 1956? It was a song inspired by a newspaper article about a local suicide, which I did not know. Wow. His first hit? I don't know. Heartbreak Hotel. Okay, yeah. Song inspired by a local suicide. That's super interesting, I think. That is, again, a complicated guy. Uh Uh-huh. He was six feet tall and wore what size shoe? Did he wear an eight, a Mm. ten... 11 or 13. I'm going to say he had small feet. I'll oh. go with the I'll go with the second one. Okay. What well, cl- well, 10 11. He he wore a size 11 shoe. Okay. So probably not, uh, not that's too no, bad that's average for, for that's six average. foot tall. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm 6'3 and I wear a 13. I wouldn't say that I have like ginormous <laughs> feet. Ronald Mc Donald. <laughs> uh, recording Hound Dog in the studio, Elvis reportedly demanded how many takes? 15, 25, 31, what? or 42? Holy cow. Hound Dog in the studio. Um, how many takes did he re- reportedly demand? I, I guess it's kind I'll of found out about s- that. I'll say 31. Ding, ding, ding. Exactly. 31 wow. takes of 31 that song. 31 takes of that I, song. Again, I'm not, Whole song. I'm not exactly sure how, yeah, nowadays you record parts yeah. and then. That's that's wild. Time. That's a lot of takes. That's playing that song a lot. Yeah. Um, just a straight up trivia for you here, and this will get us going into our um, our episode. Performing Are You Lonesome Tonight in Las Vegas in 1969, Elvis did one of his frequent lyric changes to amuse himself. Instead of, do you gaze at your doorstep and picture me there, he sang, do you look at your bald head and wish you had hair? Yeah, it's that one. Yeah, you are correct. That part is... But I only know that because I we, we just, listened We just kind of heard it. it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be talking What was it supposed it. to be? Do you gaze at your doorstep and picture me there? And he says the part about a bald head. Do you picture? You oh, yeah. Okay. Huh. Wow. Crazy. Um, let's see. A couple more. Um, Elvis's popularity faded in the 1960s with the rise of the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and others. He did relaunch his career with a 1968 television special. Uh, where was he when the episode was being filmed? Was he in Los Angeles? Was he in Hollywood? Was he in New York? Or just for giggles, I'll say, was he in Minneapolis? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say he was in California. He was in Hollywood. It, uh, he was in California. He was in uh, busy. He was walking down a busy Los Angeles street. Okay, it's actually when they did that, and it says here hmm. no one uh, recognized or approached him. In fact, at that time, really, yeah, wow, was that Fat Elvis? I, yeah, it I, must have been. Maybe uh, sixty-eight television. Maybe, yeah. I mean, he still got some time left because he went into the seventies. I thought so. Um, and then oh. lastly, did uh, Mr. Elvis Presley, who recorded more than 600 songs, did he write any of them? Uh, I don't think he did. 
That's right. He did not write a single one of those 600 songs. That's that is bonkers. Isn't that that's mind blowing? I think, wow. Right there, like he not was the true that, cover artist. Yeah, that he um, didn't write, but that he just not a one of them. All he just songs. took them all in. Yeah. That is wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, from the four bucks to record the album, I think, I think that that uh, that trivia is probably crazier. And and six hundred songs. I mean, I, I don't have that detail, but what I wonder is how many of those are original. How right. many, as you just yeah. kind of referenced, is he, he's doing covers. The in, yeah. in this episode that we listened to, it starts with he's doing a cover, right? That uh, song about old Shep. And um, think of how many people made millions off of him yeah. singing their stuff. Yeah, uh, and yet, yeah, that makes you know it, that does add, I think, to his his the complexity, complexity, mystery. You know, there's just, that he there's so many. Well, and then as we find out with the lonesome, are you lonesome tonight? And how how that troubled him? Uh, yeah, I, that's yeah. He probably just wasn't capable. I I don't know. So, do you have you ever had a slip of your tongue? Oh have yeah. You, do you, do you recall one that that comes to mind? No, no. Mm-mm, I can't think. Of, I mean, I know that I have had the um, the uh, the Freudian slip. I know I've had that from uh, the from the pulpit preaching before. Okay, I can't think of what, you know any of them, um, but usually it's in conversation. Uh, but not, I don't know. I mean, I don't know to the extent of how much of that was a suppressed feeling that yeah, yeah. snuck through. But um, yeah, no, I've well, and I and I think it happens a lot now through text. Um, you know, uh, some of that with, with is auto. Some of that is auto correct, yeah. but I think there are times when interesting. You know, uh, you catch you catch others or yourself. Um, your brain, yeah, slips, yeah. slips a, a little bit. So, Fodderheads, we're we're talking about Freudian slips, but it's it's um, it's called parapraxis. Parapraxis, and the layman's terms is is coming from uh, the Freudian slip. And you know what actually came to my mind as I was preparing for this episode was uh, in Christmas Vacation, and Chevy Chase's character is in the mall, and he's looking at women's lingerie. Oh yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You yes, know that scene. <laughs> of course. <laughs> He uh, he has yeah. a Freudian slip. Yes, he does. Or two, actually. Or two. I think, uh, yeah. In that particular. Yeah, season. it was a little bit cold that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then his son comes in. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and of course the uh, the well, it's not really a Freudian slip when he's talking about the the Yule. Is he talking about Yuletide? Yule log. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We got to keep yeah. this episode clean. Yeah, let's clean. keep moving. Yeah, after our last one, we better yep. keep this. Keep yep. This so, um, Freudian slips, um, and I did a little digging on that, even, and you know, the evidence on 
where they're actually real and where they come from because Freud talked about how they were suppressed. It was really in, in your it's in your head. Yeah. It's in your mind yep. and, and you're not gonna get that out and then come a certain circumstance or whatever and it, it slips out you say a word instead of right. you say the word, if you will, or the thought. It just goes it's kinda goes along the lines of your your subconscious is always active. And uh, your it's like your your body is fighting so hard to keep it together. Yeah. Um. And and occasionally you're you you lose a little control and and something slips through the through all the filters yep. and and suddenly it's it's right there. Yeah. And usually again awkward and yet humorous and yeah. and usually ho- hopefully not not anything too damaging if right. you will. And and I would. I would. I don't know this for certain. I didn't read any in, up on it, but I would say that it's more likely to happen when you're anxious. Yeah. Uh, when there's when there's some some anxiety or stress uh, involved, uh, that that that's probably a more likely scenario yep. when when, yep. when that happens. I uh, again, what Freudian slips really reveal about our mind. This is uh, from the BBC. Uh, and they say exactly that. You're, you're spot on where they're talking about um, we're probably more vulnerable to slips when we're distracted. Um, if we're nervous, tired, intoxicated, um, even just age as you yeah. get a little bit older, the, the likelihood a little bit. Maybe your 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 guard is just down a, more often. Right, um, right. But it, it says you're you're more likely to slip up, trip up. and Yeah. Well, and it's and I think it's got to be related, and I you know based on this episode, to the uh, the laugh uh, laughter f- laughing fodder that we did, talking about nervous laughter, yeah, and how uh, that also when you're when you're anxious, nervous, um, that laughter, True. you know, kind of come comes out more. Yes, nice connection. There. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, I can do that from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wise one. <laughs> oh yeah. So. So, listeners, we are referring to uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History and his episode from July uh, of 2018, so it's coming up on a year, Analysis, Parapraxis, and Elvis. And I came across it. I'm a huge Malcolm Gladwell Revisionist History fan, so I would plug his um, episodes. He's had three seasons. But this one just really... Made me think. And it's it's a I shared it's, it with Keith yeah, and really good listeners. Check it out. You know, uh, you won't be disappointed. I find we were talking before we went on air. Uh, I have read some of Gladwell's stuff, but I really love his podcast yeah. and his his character really comes through uh, in authenticity. Um, and and this was a really cool episode because it it gave you uh, Elvis. Uh, a little behind the scenes Elvis, but also uh, how your brain is working, yes. and then through it all, you've got this great narrator in Gladwell who's who's living parapraxis like in real time. Yes, and then he has some you know kind of vulnerability uh, that he shares and honesty, which um, just made made for a really really fascinating listen. Yeah, just. 
again, I, I I think after you listen to us, you should for sure go and go and check out it it in its entirety. So it does start with uh, focusing on on the king, and it goes goes back to a song called "Old Shep," which I'd never heard of. It's not a very yeah. popular uh, song for Elvis. It actually, speaking of six hundred songs, it was a cover of Hank Snow. Uh, and about a dog is yeah. really what what about a childhood dog? A childhood dog, exactly. Yeah. And Elvis sings it, and uh, Malcolm Gladwell captures the fact that um, the there's been a word change. It was instead of stroke, which is what Hank Snow said, Elvis used the word struck. Yeah. So in the end, without going too uh, analytical on that particular piece. Um, he kills his his dog. Yeah, and um, Hank Snow, or at least the person in his his version, does not. So, so there's redemption for the dog, and right. the vulnerability has been worked through and whatnot. And in Elvis's version, no. Yeah, it's not Elvis's there at all. version of the song is more remorseful, while Hank's version of the song is more like uh, compassionate. Uh, he he he. Uh, stays with his dog and strokes or you know pets his dog as his dog dies mm-hmm. and uh in Elvis's version like Elvis basically puts him down yeah and is singing about his remorse yeah. i mean it totally changes the meaning of the song and it's a slip it is uh it's just a pure slip and Elvis became obsessed with this and yeah. and so starts this episode because now we hear all these examples from Elvis's life from uh he was a twin yeah I, I, did not I, I know. know his his other twin died in utero yeah and he had a sense of his best friend basically being robbed his whole life yeah that the person he that he was that he was supposed to be closest to uh was was not was not there his whole life and uh and then there's yeah I think I think a very lonely person. Yeah. And, um, and so yet, he, he didn't have that. His mother died. Right. Mother um, died. Help, helped him get his guitar and his career yeah. singing at least uh, off off and running. But his mother died when he was 23. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have her. He had been really close with her. And now yeah. he doesn't have her around. He meets Priscilla. She's 14. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I, I get well, it. I know. And there's Michael Jackson yeah. with the kind of some weird yep. stuff going on. And so on they, and I, for for lack of a better way to describe it, date for about was it eight years? I think it was or, six years. It was, it was a it was a long six, time. Eight, yeah. I mean, she still gets married yeah. in like early twenties. Yep. yep. Um, but they they play a clip from Barbara Walters is interviewing Priscilla, and just. Elvis and her are in in their bedroom for weeks. For weeks, it's cold. It's dark. Yeah. They're not. They're not doing anything. They're no. actually just in the room. In they're the room together. In. Yeah. Um. You know, Priscilla describes it like a uh, like a cave or a womb. Yeah. And cocoon, uh, a cocoon like and. Um, yeah, and she's no. I mean, you know, I guess we're taking her word for it, but they're not. They're not having sex. No. Like, they're just literally in the room, yep. you know, together for a long, long time. I, I mean, like, neurotic. Can, can you? I, all right, I've had enough. I'm yeah, out of here. I, you know, and the loneliness that she talks about and mm-hmm. the, 
And like and like he would take her to morgues. Yep. Not one morgue, but like multiple yep. morgues. Weird. She she stuck around. Yeah. I, yeah. So six years, and then they get married. Um, just the complexity of the feelings and the right. emotions yeah. and the controlling and the suppression and yes. on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he we was... mentioned that he Gladwell mentions it because it is going to come around to be pretty significant. Um, when, when we're talking about the, are you lonesome tonight song in, in a little bit here, but so they cover this chunk of time in Elvis's life and eventually then come to uh, a point where he's going to be singing this song. Are you lonesome tonight? And people recognize it, but not uh, not a song that he wanted to necessarily record, right. not a song that he or um, his record company even wanted to release. Right. Like seven months before they yeah. even released it. Yeah. And he, it was a favor for his manager yes, whose his wife... wife liked it Mm -hmm. and uh they recorded it uh and he elvis uh, another tidbit uh liked to have everybody in the room they did all the backup stuff all that was in the room all at one time live and this i i don't know if this was if this is accurate if if i'm remembering this right but he made everyone leave at like four in the morning and they shut all the lights off and he finished recording it yeah so uh yeah I don't know. And so the song listeners if you if you don't know it, uh there's a I mean a typical song up until then nearing the end there's this spoken bridge which is more or less a, a soliloquy of sort. Yes. That again recorded you're he's playing music out. behind it but he's not singing, he's just speaking. Yeah. And and it's uh yeah, the yeah, he he speaks for. I mean, it's a it's a good minute. Yeah, probably. I think uh, it's a, about I mean, a third of the song. Right, right, and and, the, the and they has... they talk about how um, people who've covered that song then uh, usually leave that yeah, out they just because they're just part. like that's corny or it's weird or it just you know it's 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 hard is yeah. what uh, is what Gladwell says is it's 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 hard because yeah. it's a uh, a very emotional it's it's hard not to be um like emotional speaking those lines it's hard not to get lost in it yeah so that th- there is that then shift within this episode where they go and have jack white um perform it and gladwell talks to him about it jack white is a huge elvis fan knows the songs is a, a gifted artist and he mentions what you just said there, which he says, if I didn't ha- if I could just play or just say it, either of those, I could right. probably do it. But he says, man, when trying to do that together and in front of a live audience and whatnot, I yeah. you'd really get lost in it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Freudian slips. In fact, mm-hmm. it's not just a word. It yeah. becomes just the whole bridge itself, which right. was in, in our trivia there. And he's saying stuff about bald heads and yeah well check this out listeners so when elvis has recorded that song live they have they have 10 recordings of him doing are you lonesome tonight live and there's virtually no slip-ups or screw-ups during the sung portions of the song in all of those years and all those recordings but there are 109 (laughs) on the spoken bridge uh slip-ups and they're 
usually around like four phrases, I think he says, or four lines, there's like a third of those uh, screw-ups. Yeah. So, um, and then they've got this like catalog, these Elvis, you know, gurus um, have this like catalog of, of they've even like categorized the type of screw-ups mm-hmm. that happen. And on the episode, they play this one where he just breaks out in like hysterical laughter. It's, yeah. it's kind of just, it's, it's creepy. And they, like, ca- they, ca- they call them those things yeah. from laughing Elvis to, to crazy Elvis, Elvis to crying yeah. Elvis. Yeah. And, and they have, they've analyzed. So it. there's something really deep going on there. Uh, and again, that laughter, when you hear it and you said you watched it, like I did, it, it's, a, it's a, you can find it on YouTube. There's a yeah. lot of Elvis yeah, on yeah, YouTube, yeah. but I believe it's his last live performance. I think 1977. Oh, yeah. And he, wild. he's just, I mean, yep. he, exactly that. Right. He's in front of the audience and he is absolutely losing it. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just loses it. It's, it's haunting a little bit. That's where Gladwell talks about too, is like, that's a big fear of his mm-hmm. is that he himself will, he's, he's yeah. in front of people and talking and I've heard him in numerous instances, uh, podcasts and interviews right. and, and YouTube clips and whatever. And he is so well-spoken and does such an yeah. awesome job. And it just is super interesting to think that here he is, and he is worried about completely mm-hmm. losing it in, in that regard. Well, and well. I think the the general public would probably say that's also their fear. I mean, public speaking True. continues to be a, a, a really highly ranked fear yeah. and phobia for people. Um, and I and I know that, uh, yeah, I mean, for me as a public speaker, there, you know, if I don't... Sometimes I've I've preached without a manuscript and it's terrible when <laughs> when you get lost. Yeah. Like it is so hard uh to keep it together and to just keep talking and then f- giving mm-hmm. your brain time to to loop around and most times people can't tell. Um but I've I've kind of reverted back. I I'd say 3 quarters of the time I'm I'm writing a manuscript. Um and, but every now and then I like to do a, you know, just free form. Yeah. But it's yeah, I can I can I can you know tell you that it is it's a little little uh... yeah. Well, on that, <laughs> that's I, I got to go back to Jack White because he was such a super fan of Elvis. So he's going through um, this this performance, if you will, and he his his slip was he says careful. Yeah, I need to be. He's singing. He says yeah. careful instead rather of clever. Than clever. Yeah. And so Gladwell, again, through his just analyzing uh-huh. and thinking about it as well as thinking, oh, boy, this guy right. is trying to perform this to the best of his ability because yep. he admires Elvis gotta so be much. Careful, don't he's got to be it. careful yeah. with how he does yeah. it. I'm like, oh, right. goodness. There's a little bit of that right. just kind of, yeah. I don't know, shivers or goosebumps yeah. about it if you yeah. really think about that. Yeah, and, and it happens to Gladwell, too, when he's... He's talking to this psychoanalyst, and and he meant he means to say I'm really interested in this subject, and instead he says worried. Yes, and then she, you know, of course she's just like, let's go back yeah, to like, uh, wait a minute, let's go back to why you're worried, worried you, you know. And then his his biggest fear is like he was talking about uh, losing control, and um, and yeah, it's those those things that are just deep down in us 
that rise to the surface and uh, oh man it is freaky to think it, about it, how it is, you, to, you might not always really be in control how your brain can can take you yeah. over the edge yeah. so in 1972 after finished the piece about elvis which is the time that then uh priscilla and he break up and get he gets a divorce i don't know if, how soon after that was but this whole song and the things that he's nervous about in that bridge is uh, it's it's shown as um, being concerned for the other individual when mm-hmm. it's really a cover up for he's the one. Yeah, that, that he's the lonesome he's one. the lonesome one. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so Elvis is singing this and then speaking this and he's been since a young boy been worried and nervous and feeling abandoned and betrayed mm-hmm. and now with his his wife leaving him yeah it it has come the to self-fulfilling fruition. prophecy yes and, again and, and, it just makes me I'm I know like, oh my god I know and it's right there and you know and and this probably happens to a lot of people but you know it's this is Elvis we're talking about mm-hmm. you know and millionaire this performer song over and over and over again yep gets up there and and the cool thing is that Elvis was was still connected emotionally to the music. Mm. He didn't just get up there and just go through the motions. Like I think that's the part that's really cool is that he he was still locked in emotionally. Yeah. And if you've ever heard someone speak unemotionally versus emotionally like again if it's as long as they're not like a blubbering mess right you'll always gravitate and and find the person who's talking with true connection and emotion you know by far better yeah Um, so let's think about that here towards the end so the Malcolm Gladwell continues on with this these ideas and such, and he visits uh, Casey Boyles, and I forget the, the gentleman that was also yeah. with him, but Casey Boyles is uh, a country artist, and she's written a song about her mother. And so they're sitting here and having these conversations. Again, uh, both of them are really huge Elvis fans yeah. and are super interested in what Malcolm has been um, studying in this this an analysis of the Freudian slips and whatnot. And it, it proceeds to talk about then her and her song about her mother. And she's going, he asked her to perform it and she's, she says, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. But she knows she says, I lose yeah. it. I lose yeah. it almost every time yeah. and around this particular line. In fact, she cannot even tell him the line. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what, what line is it? Yeah. And she I think she blinks. got it out once, yeah. and then she he says, "Well, what's the line?" Yeah. And she says, uh, "I lost it." <laughs> yeah, right then and there. Yeah, yeah. and yep. and he said, "Well, how about how about performing it?" And and so she does, and she is stumbling, and she yep. is crying, and going back and forth, and just struggling. Right. And so to that point about then the audience or the the vulnerability or seeing it yeah. being authentic. Yeah. He. He felt, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed for her, and then he says, no, right, absolutely not. Yeah, I the line saw. I wrote it down. He said, uh, the ways we judge each other for our mistakes and choices. Um, the the easy thing to do would be to look at those mistakes and condemn them, but the much harder thing is to look at those mistakes and understand yes. them, seek to understand them. Yeah, I think that is. Uh, yeah, that, that so the the whole the whole idea of parapraxis not being failure, 
uh, but being a gift. Yeah. Uh, so that you're, you're seeing inside of a, of a person in those moments and, and they're, they're letting you get a glimpse of kind of their, their, their spirit. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, and truly see into the, like yeah. you just said there into their soul, who, yeah. who they are. And I think that's, you know, and then I love, I don't know if I wrote it down what, uh, what he said at the end when she was kind of like, I think she was like apologizing and, and he was saying, um, something along the lines of, you know, uh, someone who doesn't feel would have nailed that song. Yes. That's exactly it. They would have gotten it perfect. Yeah. Cause they would just, that's they what makes you who you are. Uh-huh. Is that, is that it means something to I, you? Yeah. You want to hear yeah, his hear. last words? Yeah. Somebody's wife. Parapraxis is not failure. When the performer slips, the audience is not cheated. It's the opposite. Parapraxis is a gift. I presented myself as interested in this story. But now you know that this subject doesn't just interest me, it worries me. Losing control is my great anxiety. When Jack White said, carefully instead of cleverly, it was a hint that playing Elvis wasn't a trivial matter for him. It was a sacred act, carefully, full of care. And Elvis, after the loss of Priscilla, sang a song he'd sung a thousand times, only now in a way that gave the audience a window on his pain. Mistakes reveal our vulnerabilities. They are the way the world understands us, the way performers make their performances real. So great. Good stuff. It really is. Good stuff. So that was Malcolm Gladwell, Revisionist History, Episode 10, Season 2? Season 3. Season 3. Yeah, July 18th, about a year ago. So check that out. Uh, he's got tons of books, but again, if, if you're not a reader, um, uh, definitely check out his podcast. He's got some great stuff. This was a great episode, and uh, and I enjoyed I enjoyed talking about it and, and listening. It uh, definitely makes you think and appreciate uh, that the, the gifts that come with... Uh, yeah, with, with, with understanding people. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your ears, listeners. I appreciate your time, Mr. Long. I always enjoy talking with you. Indeed. And we Indeed. will have another episode soon. Yeah. Is your heart filled with pain? Shall I come back again? Tell me, dear, are you lovesome? to